Welcome to the Fanboy Forecast Audio Podcast. All things manga and anime. And talking about video games. Bryce will speak his mind. Discussing all the wrongs and rights. It's the Fanboy Forecast. It's the Fanboy Forecast. Hello and welcome to episode 102 of the Fanboy Forecast. I'm your host, Bryce White, and I'm here, as always, with Annalise. Hello. With our topic this week, Castlevania, the Netflix series, season two. But first, what's been hot with you lately, Miss Annalise? <laughs> Bryce is having fun with his weird radio voices. So I thought the last couple of weeks had some pretty big things coming out, especially on Netflix, had a bunch of stuff come out that was pretty cool. And then, so last time I talked about Sabrina, which I liked, and then we're going to be talking about Castlevania, right? But also what dropped was Deltarune, which is the follow-up to Toby Fox's Undertale from like three years ago, which was like a massive thing. Very indie game, just Toby Fox and an artist who on Twitter is named Temi worked on him with it. And yeah, Deltarune is a about two hour free game, two to three hours, completely free. Um, there was no lead up to this or whatever, so people were kind of shocked. It was just like, oh, hey, this is here. It's supposed to be a demo, so it's for a game, fuller game that would come out, but he has said that, like, he's not even sure if he can make it. He's given himself a seven-year deadline to make it. He said that he needs a team of people to help him with it, so he's, but he hasn't hired a team of people yet. I guess he's in the process of hiring. I'm sure that after this announcement, there's going to be a bunch of people reaching out out to him like hey hire me for your game i don't know like what his funds are to pay people or stuff like that like i don't know if i were in that position i probably wouldn't be jumping up and down for it because i don't know anything about toby fox i don't know how he is as a manager or anything anyway this is kind of diverged from toby fox as a creator and deltarune is really really good and bryce hasn't played it yet and i watched all of the let's play on it i actually watched matt pat from game theories let's play which i like mm-hmm. i know a lot of people don't like him no i don't <laughs> bryce doesn't like him I mean, he's fine I don't know. bryce doesn't like like the bombastic youtubers who are like yelling into the camera and are like hey you know like jacksepticeye has that top of the morning to you thing that's like super loud i i like those guys I don't mind it, but Bryce hates it. So if I'm going to listen to any of them, I have to put my headphones in. I think people dislike Matt Pat more because they don't like his theories, but he always says it's just a theory. He's not saying like this is fact. Some of his theories are kind of dumb though. But anyway, I really enjoyed the Let's Play of it. I thought it was a great story. I didn't really know how anything could follow up to Undertale, which was just so massive. And I thought that this actually did a pretty good job. It's kind of complicated in that it seems like an alternate universe of Undertale. So a lot of the same characters are back. So it's not like he did something completely different. But he also added, it's like a brand new story, brand new characters, just very different, I would say. It has some differences tonally from Undertale, while at the same time being something that has, like, what I'm starting to recognize as, like, Toby Foxisms. Like, he just has, like, a very specific sense of humor and idea about things. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I don't want to talk too much about specifics of it, because Bryce hasn't played it, and I don't want to spoil it for him, and it's brand new, so I don't want to spoil it out for anyone else who's listening, because I think it's only, like, a week old at this point. But I would definitely recommend that people check it out it's free and i think it's worth your time some people are really cranky i was seeing on reddit that are like why did he even release this if he doesn't know he can make the full game or whatever but it's like a free almost three hour 
experience. It definitely has like a lot of trailheads or whatever. Like it starts plot lines that or questions that aren't fully resolved yet. But at the same time, it has its own encapsulated story that goes through like a beginning, middle, and end. So it feels like a complete experience. So personally, I think even if the full game didn't come out, I feel satisfied that we got this free experience anyway. And I, you know, I would really love if there was a fuller game because I would like to kind of have the answers to some of those questions. But yeah, I don't know why people are so cranky about getting like free gourmet food essentially you know it's like why did you give us this free gourmet appetizer if you can't give us a whole meal and well you're spoiled (laughs) gamers on the internet feeling entitled to things that's never happened i know (laughs) yeah a lot of that happens with authors and book series too where people get really cranky if like people are slow to finish a series they feel entitled to know how it ends but i don't know each book in a series is usually has a complete experience in it at some point and then it would be nice to know how things go from there but like I never feel like it ruins the experience I already have if I don't get more details you know yeah I'm gonna play it I have it downloaded just haven't really dug into it yet yeah there's some disclaimer like you will accept everything that happens from now on when you try to install it or something so yeah people were kind of like creeped out of it by that I mean I imagine like when it first came out and it's like supposedly from Toby Fox but it has the download has all these weird things that attached to mm-hmm. it it almost kind of feels like malware people were like not comfortable downloading it but it's legit mm-hmm. the other thing that i've been up to is i started playing dragon quest builders again which i really like last time i played it like eight months ago i went crazy and like was addicted and couldn't put it down and i'm a little bit more reasonable about it now but it's still a really good game experience I had to start a new file because I couldn't beat a boss the way I had made my one town, which really frustrated me. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. If people don't know Dragon Quest Builders, it's like a, it's a Minecrafty game with a story. It's basically like a continuation of if from one of the Dragon Quest games they had agreed to like the bad end. So mm-hmm. like I guess at one of one of those games, the villain is like, "Hey, instead of beating me, why don't you like rule the world with me? I'll give you this territory." And I think. You can like say yes and then the game ends and has like a bad ending title card so dragon quest builders is if that happened and basically the world has gone to ruin the dragon lord the evil villain took away humanity's ability to create somehow but then this goddess like basically resurrects you and is like you have the ability to create go rebuild towns and then remind people about how to make things so Mm. That's essentially why why you're able to go and like do Minecrafty things. So it's like a mixture of very Minecraft elements with the blocks and stuff. But then it also has a kind of light. You go out and kill enemies and loot things for materials that you can get and stuff. And it has some kind of cute subquest thingies related to that and it's kind of satisfying from that aspect too and then it's got a survival element where you have to like eat to not faint which I always find kind of annoying I forget that I have to eat and then my character is like starving and I have to like run and find food somehow I would have preferred if they took that element out I don't think it's really it's just kind of like another annoying thing you have to manage feels unnecessary yeah you can't turn that off no I mean, it is kind of fun to, like, build kitchens, and it's kind of fun to make see what different foods you can make, but it's not... I feel like the annoyance of suddenly your character's dying from this mechanic you forgot about outweighs any of the other stuff. So that's what I've been up to. There's a sequel coming, right? Yeah. 
It's out in Japan already. I think. No, it's not out yet, but it's coming soon. I know it's coming, but I don't think it's coming like super soon. Yeah, it's not releasing in Japan. It、uh, looks like December 20th this、mm-hmm. year, and then there's a TBA for the other territories. So, you like those Toriyama designs? Yes. Yeah. And I like、cute. the music is too. I think a lot of people that like the Dragon Quest series will like this because apparently, musically, it has a lot of nods to Dragon Quest. There's like some funny use of some of the sound effects that are, like, I guess, taken from the original Dragon Quest games and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's enjoyable. I have never played a Dragon Quest game of the main line. I think about it now. But I, I'm very interested in, in 11, the newest one. Yeah, I am too. I, I just want it to be on Switch. I'm not going to get it. <laughs> Buy a whole PlayStation 4 for it. I always wanted to play 8. That's the one for PS2 that has.、Um, so I don't like the Dragon Quest. I don't like RPGs usually where the battle, it's first person in the battle system and you don't see your characters doing the attacks. And I feel like earlier Dragon Quest games were like that, but I remember in 8, it was, I might be wrong about this, but 8 had actually like your party members all lined up and you actually could see them do the fighting. Yeah. I like that more. I'm not a huge fan of first person RPG battles when it comes to like turn based JRPGs. I'm fine with that. That's how. All the Etrian Odyssey games are.、Mm-hmm. And, or like other dungeon, like、uh, first person dungeon crawler games, I actually like more than I thought I would like. I think, I'm pretty sure Dragon Quest Builders 2 will come out in America at some point because I think it was pretty financially successful here and also definitely critically successful. It got a lot of really good reviews.、Mm-hmm. A lot of reviews online of people being like, whoa, this Minecraft knockoff is shockingly good.、Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I guess Dragon Quest 11, we got on good, received well here, I believe, from what I've seen. So people are thinking about Dragon Quest in a way that <laughs> maybe they haven't in the past. Yeah. For popularity is concerned. They'll definitely want to get their properties over while there's a little bit of a fad with it. I, mean, I know Japan, when Dragon Quest comes out there, it's like, ooh, everyone's got a lineup for it and stuff,、mm-hmm. as I recall. It's very popular there. It's up there with, I guess it was Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy, like the big ones there that were always together, you know, competing. And then Square, Enix, Square bought Annex, I guess, and then it ended up, <laughs> they're both under the same umbrella now. But. And there's some other good Switch games that I'm kind of trying to save my money right now because I'm a little bit broke because I paid back like a huge chunk of student loans. But Moonlighters is out. Let's、I had trouble getting into that one. Yeah, I know. But、mm-hmm. I might like it more on Switch. Let's go Pikachu. Let's go Eevee is coming out. A lot of games. There's like other random indie titles I was looking at the store that I didn't even know about, but that look really appealing to me.、Mm-hmm. Like my wish list is gigantic right now. <laughs> There's like 20 things on it. Switch is、uh, continuing to deliver its promise for me. Mm-hmm. And Animal Crossing, an Animal Crossing game has been announced for 2019 at some point. I'm definitely going to probably live in that world when that <laughs> comes out. I mean, I put in Animal Crossing on、um, 3DS. 3DS, yeah. I put in more hours than I've put in for any game into that one,、mm. even Stardew Valley. So, <laughs> <Nice> . anyway, because that was all I played for like two years. Anyway, what's up with you, Bryce? Um,. Nothing. Nothing. No, I, you were watching me play. I、uh, got through the first half of The Messenger, which、yeah. I've been talking about this on the main show. It's a, a sort of an 8 bit throwback style game to Ninja Gaiden, although not nearly as difficult as those games were, as I'm led to believe. <laughs> and then at the end, there's a big twist, and you go to the future, and it sort of becomes this 16 bit Metroidvania where you kind of go back through the world、hmm. as like a 16 bit character. And It's actually really cool to see the transition because I thought the graphics looked fine in the 8 bit version, like very true to what you expect. And then they go to the 16 bit, it looks awesome. Like you thought it looked really cute,、uh, really、uh, good looking too, as well. Is there like a story explanation for why that happens? Are you going to like a different dimension? 
You're traveling into the future. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You go to this, you end up in this like tower of time, and you have to like pass the trials of it as the messenger. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Well, I mean, you are a messenger in the game. Like you're, you're like you're a ninja who's part of the last civilizations of humans. Demons are taking over the world, and they attack this island. And this hero from the west shows up and says, "Here, you got to deliver this message to the top of this mountain. Go." And that's how the game kind of starts. <laughs> yeah. But it's good though. It's not too hard. I was worried. Like I heard a lot. Of, there was really bad difficulty spikes, but I've yet to hit that yet. There was a couple hard parts that took me a few tries. And I'm no, I'm no expert gamer in platformers or anything, but they didn't, it never felt like super unfair. And also, it's a pretty quick reload to getting back to it. The checkpoints are for the most part very tight, which I really appreciate. It's cool. I'm hoping you get more abilities though, because I sort of filled out the ability tree, so I've saved like two things that are very expensive because you collect currencies you go. And I don't know if they're going to add more to it. I I thought when they went into the future, they would add a bunch of new stuff to buy make you more effective in combat yeah but there's not anything new yet i don't know what's going to happen i'm very early on in the future part but i'm gonna keep playing it it's fun it has a cool mechanic where you hit something you can do a double jump so you kind of can like, in, like perpetually just keep jumping as long as there's something like a projectile to hit or an enemy oh that's always useful when they let you do that yeah, it's very clever but i think that's good i'm playing on the switch i think it's available on steam and probably other stores i, I recommend it for sure if you're looking for that kind of game and it's not like i said it's not Super difficult in the way some of those games used to be back in the day. I guess if you like Shovel Knight, this would not be a bad choice to play as well. Yeah, there's a lot of good games on Switch right now. It's a great melding of the Nintendo library and then, like, basically the top stuff from the Steam library, so... Indie-wise, yeah. Yeah, at some point it's going to just be bloated like the Steam library. Yeah, but, but right now yeah. is a good, it's like right in that sweet spot, so now is a good time to like look into stuff there. Yeah, I mean, if you have an indie game with any type of positive na- name recognition, you should definitely get it on the Switch, it seems like, because they sell really well. I bet Undertale, so I don't know the numbers, but I'm sure that sold a ton when it released on Switch, because yeah. everyone heard of that game, and either they want to play it again on the go, or they just heard so much good stuff about it, they have to play it, if they never played it before. Yeah, I don't think... I think I talked to Patrick about it, and he was like, it would be hard for this reason or whatever. My brother, Patrick, is behind Peltast Designs, and he made the Why Am I Dead series, and he's working on a horror game right now. The Why Am I Dead at Sea game released on Steam at a time where you still had to apply. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it has pretty good reviews, actually. I mean, I'm biased, so (laughs) I'm going to say, yeah, I like it. Go play it. But it also has good reviews. So, anyway... But that sounds like a good game, Bricycles. I just said, like, Grame. I don't know what. It's a Grame. Yeah. A great game. That great Grame. (laughs) It's like grain and a game. So I also played, or not played, I watched some, uh, I think next week we might be doing a topic, or in the future we're doing this as a topic, let's leave it at that, uh, for the Dragon Pilot on Netflix. And it's, it's very surprising. I was expecting this to be a fantasy world where people ride dragons as like cavalry in the sky and attack things. It's a war. But no, it's like modern day. <laughs> and these dragons, I guess, have been passed down like through ancient times in Japan, have been like passed down like in these very, you know, people ride them because they need to like, they overheat if they don't get in the air and fly around a lot. Hmm. <laughs> So there's this one, this girl who I guess ended up in the Air Force by circumstances ended up, I guess, coming in contact with this dragon. And this dragon has never accepted a rider before, but he accepts her. And then so she kind of trained to be the pilot. The part that I don't know if I love is that you don't ride the dragon. They like eat you and you're like in their gut and you're like (laughs) pressing things like gross, squishy things to like make them fly in the direction you want them to. Uh, But they do when you turn your when they turn their visor, though, they get like a full on like techno they can see where the dragon sees and all that stuff so so i'm not really sure what the point of it is yet like it's not like they're being used for war it's just sort of like hey we have these dragon pilots and we need them to keep the line going i guess but anyway i only took a couple episodes in so who knows yeah 
Bryce uses my Netflix <laughs> account, so I suddenly, but he doesn't use it very often, so I definitely noticed when this sudden anime popped up that said I had watched two episodes of it, and I was like, I didn't watch that. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? And the animation looks pretty good. But yeah, it looks great. I like yeah. animators and stuff. Yeah, based on the way it looked, I was like, oh, I would watch this. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, your description of how they pilot the dragons yeah, all, is... a little nasty. <laughs> yeah, I'm not into it. <laughs> I don't understand why it has to be that way, and I still and think they puke, it's like... They, when they land, they go bleh, like a pilot comes out. I still think that it's hitting on some weird fetish of someone's. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't know. But... Hey, it's a way. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, you gotta fly them somehow. Why ride them when you can be inside them? Think about it. Think about it. And that's it. why I say it's like a fetish. Thing. <laughs> anyway, so that's what we've been up to. Yeah. You know, dragons eating people. Dragons, dragons questing. Questing and building. Lots of dragon stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Castlevania, no dragons, no. I believe. Zero, although they have monster-like things that are sort of dragonish in exper- in like appearance, but they are not actually dragons. That so, was my segue. I yeah, tried so, to do. so Castlevania, that is a, <laughs> a series on Netflix, an animated series based off, well, the hit Konami series, uh, video game series. Did you Castlevania. like my segue? I, I did, I, I did. I felt very witty. Yeah. There might, you know, I haven't, I haven't played all the dra- uh, Dragon Quest. I haven't played all the Castlevanias. There might be a dragon somewhere. I don't know. I could see it happening. <laughs> I think there are dragons in Castlevania. I think they're like evil. They kind of grab every, dragons. They kind of grab monsters from all different like fantasies. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know. I'm sure there's a zombie Dracula dragon. has a pet dragon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a zombie dragon in Castlevania. So this was initially a four episode sort of pilot season. We talked about it on OG at one time. Uh, I thought it was surprisingly good. Shockingly good. Because I just, I, Konami's been so just not caring about the video game business so far. And I've never really been doing anything with their properties that wasn't like a pachinko machine. So the idea that they would like go, yeah, make an anime series about Castlevania and then it turns out to be really good, I think is just surprising. Uh, clearly, people who worked on this either want, really want to make a good anime show or are probably fans of Castlevania because I think they do a really good job. I'm not a huge Castlevania player. I've played through a few of them, especially the ones that came after Symphony of the Night, uh, the Metroidvania style Castlevania games. But I know that the linear ones are also very popular, too, from the uh, NES Super Nintendo era. Have you played any? I don't like side-scrollers. Well, there you go. This is not <laughs> Castlevania, not for you. And no. don't play the 3D ones, because that never worked out well. <laughs> I didn't even know they had 3D ones. Yeah, the N64 ones are notoriously bad, as I recall. <laughs> that's, like, not... I feel like Castlevania has to be side-scroller. That's what they are. Yeah. This so is really the, good. Yeah. The first season was fantastic. It was one of my favorite things ever. And then the second season got really good reviews. And I feel like a cranky pants because I actually felt a little bit over underwhelmed by it for some reasons that we can get into. But it sounds like you liked it a lot, Bryce. Right? Yeah, I watched the first half of the se- uh, this new season. Right. And I do like it. So yeah. to clarify, we have both seen the first season together. We watched together. And then I watched the second season completely in one night because I guess it must have been good enough that I couldn't stop watching and then Bryce watched the first four episodes so some of the stuff that happens at the end we won't be getting into because it is new out so we don't want to spoil it and also Bryce hasn't seen it Mm -hmm. so I think uh, I can talk about like the last four episodes in some general terms but I won't get too specific about what happens I don't think you'll be shocked but like Alucard fights Dracula well so right off the bat in the season two they introduce a lot of new characters on Dracula's side he has generals, he has these two humans that are forge masters who are people that really don't like humanity anymore and are supplying him with an army of the creatures of the night. 
Yeah. And he sort of immediately says, these two are going to be my, like, main advisors to this war, and you know, that, that which does not go over well with other vampire generals. And that sort of starts this whole cycle of inner politics feuding between the inner circle of, it, uh, of Dracula, and uh, actually to the point where it kind of dominated the first four episodes as far as any type of storytelling was concerned. Yes, it really did, and that's why, that's what I'm not a huge fan of. Just to backtrack for a second, mm. in case people haven't seen oh, yeah. Castlevania first season, but basically what happens is we're in a fantasy-ish world it's like a gothic horror world there's count dracula was turning over a new leaf because this cool human lady came and was like you have all this knowledge because you've been alive forever so give me some of that knowledge and teach me how to be a doctor and he's like wow i love your grit and then (laughs) they end up marrying and having a baby who's half human half vampire named alucard but then when she sends him away to go on like a little one year travel the world learn about humans better yourself trip (laughs) During that, she's, you know, in her little doctor's lab helping out people. And the church person, because they think she's doing witchcraft, and they basically burn her at the stake because they think she's been doing witchcraft. And Dracula gets so upset by this that he is like, okay, I'm just going to kill the entire human race now. (laughs) And he, like, beats up his son Alucard, who tries to stop him, who's like, this is not what mom would have wanted. Alucard ends up, I think... I was a little bit unclear about this. I think Alucard is the one who goes into that crypt to hide from his dad, right? Uh, Does Dracula put Alucard there? I think Dracula puts Alucard there. Because he, he's against the calling of humans because cause it's, it's not what his mother would have wanted. Right. So the main characters of the first season are Trevor Belmont, mm-hmm. who is the, the last of this like vampire hunter line, and cypher who is this magician from this uh nomadic group of storytellers that have like an oral tradition of passing down knowledge and they kind of hook up to protect people from the invading basically dracula's army and because cypher has this prophecy they go and basically rescue alucard from this crypt and wake alucard up and like the last couple minutes are alucard being like i know about this prophecy too i basically have to go with you guys now and kill my dad so that's how the first season ends came out like 18 months ago so if you know that long ago that was last spring maybe it was last spring and then some yeah you might be right I don't remember. <laughs> I remember reading a review that said it was 18 months ago. Okay, um, that's fair. And yeah, so the politics that are going on that Bryce is describing in the first four episodes are basically Dracula's generals kind of engaged in this war and arguing with each other about the best way to do it. And then also arguing about like whether they should even be doing it. Mm-hmm. Because as one guy kind of points out, what's going to happen to the vampires if all the humans are dead? What are we going to eat? <laughs> I really liked the main characters from the first season, and I really thought they got sidelined super bad in these first few episodes. And that was what I didn't like about this season in a nutshell. What do you think, Bryce? I think it's like the motivations behind the main three characters is pretty clear. And so in that way, like focusing a ton on them might have been kind of boring. Uh, so I, other than like maybe developing a relationship, they start to, at least in the first four episodes, between um, uh, Trevor and uh, Sypha. But still, I kind of found the stories behind the Council of Dracula to be more interesting, especially the two humans, uh, the two Forge Masters. And they also bring in another, I see other principal character in the War Council's Camilla. Uh, Camilla? Yeah, Camilla. And she is... No, I think they say Camilla. Oh, is it Camilla? 
Okay, you're right. Yeah, and they say Cypher. What was I Oh, Camilla. So she's kind of the other character that's scheming behind Dracula's back to try to... She's like she wants to try to take over the war effort herself or do something different. There's a lot of debate about whether they want to keep humans around at all or if they want to, like, put them in breeding pens, basically, and feast on them as livestock. <laughs> yeah, the one human, Hector, thinks that that's what's going to happen, but it kind of seems like Dracula has other plans. And, like, mm-hmm. this whole thing is just, like, a suicide thing by him. He doesn't mind suiciding, like, everyone. <laughs> The longest murder-suicide ever. Not a ton of action in the first four episodes, I thought. No. Yeah. It's mostly just, like, really long conversations between Dracula's generals. And they are really interesting. And I think, you know, people... I was reading reactions online, and people are really happy. And the reviews are really good. I seem to be the only one who kind of has this opinion. And I think a lot of it is that the characters that they're setting up particularly like the human forge masters in the castlevania video game series the series eventually focuses a lot on those forge masters and the conflict between them so i think a lot of people familiar with the series and the video games can kind of like see them setting up these characters and to them it's like yeah of course you have to set them up because like this was the main character in the game i played whereas for me i'm like who are these people? Why are we focusing so much on them, you know? But I will say that the Dracula's army is really interesting, and I do like the storylines, and I, I guess I just kind of would have liked the focus on them after I felt like we were through with the Alucard trio. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my gripe. Do they get more into the fighting later on? Yeah, so <laughs> I like the last four episodes better because it does focus, the focus returns more to Alucard's trio, and the fight scenes are amazing. Okay. That final fight between Alucard and Trevor at the end of the first season was pretty fantastic. And so were some of the other fights as well, but that, I remember that fight being quite good. Whip the, versus sword. <laughs> yeah, particularly the second to last episode is just 25-minute fight scene that's mm. just amazingly am- animated. I actually thought that the animation wasn't that great in some of the first few episodes, and that like it looked a little bit wonky or like jerky in some places with the dialogue scenes. But then the fight scenes are really just smooth and beautiful and just so imaginative and fast-paced and just really nice to watch so when Bryce does watch the last four episodes I'm going to watch them with him because mm-hmm. I want to see those fight scenes again mm-hmm. so yeah people won't be disappointed by the fight choreography or the animation in those scenes for sure they're going to be like whoa my brain exploded so and then music castlevania is really well known for its music in the video games i didn't recognize any tracks from when i've played castlevania in there there was one people were talking about this use of one song in one of the later episodes that they were like it was just so well used but i I don't know the castlevania video game series so i Mm -hmm. wouldn't i didn't really catch that reference it was just like music for me Mm -hmm. but i know people really like the music to the series that they thought it was done well Mm -hmm. so yeah animation's good music is good voice acting quite good voice acting is really good uh, i love the voice acting especially for trevor and alucard i thought the voice actor for hector does a good job too cypher or cypher is good cypher's good yeah cypher he saved your life all of them yeah he's good. rude <laughs> yeah she's good you know the dracula lady i, I forgot her name either. oh uh, carmilla carmilla her voice actress is good they're all good i, I think we could just like list the entire <laughs> cast yeah. and say they're good 
Yeah, there's good production behind this. They definitely cared about making something that was good to watch and listen to, for sure. Yeah, I had no idea that, like, the Castlevania series was such, like, high tier. It, it has a very, very long lore now to it at this point. Because this is all based off Castlevania 3, mostly, which is the third NES game. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first game was about Simon Belmont, who was, like, I guess, I don't know if he's the original Belmont. Like, like I said, I don't know the Castlevania lore too well. And then I guess it's also based off another video game called Castlevania Curse of Darkness, which I think might have been a PS2 game. Yes, it was. <laughs> From the more feminist note on the characters, I loved Cypher. Mm-hmm. Is he your Cypher? It's, it's spelled S-Y-P-H-A. It's a very strange... In the series, they say okay. Cypher. Alucard says Cypher like a million tar- times, so... Well, maybe Alucard's just an, an idiot. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. I don't remember. I think Trevor says Cypher, too. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Carmilla, I thought, was kind of like a caricature of, like, an extreme feminist or, like, man-hater. Oh, what's the... I'm sorry. What's the term for a, a woman who... Misandri... Misandry. A dominatrix? Is that where you're going with No, that? not dominatrix. <laughs> <laughs> Although she's that too, like super. Even in the later episodes, you'll get even more a sense of her dominatrix saying like she's definitely like a pervert. Like not domin- not that dominatrixes are perverts, but like she likes... She's mean. She's like an abusive dominatrix. Mm-hmm. This is misandry. It's like a woman that hates men. Oh, I don't know what that term is. I'm sorry. Well, she's that, like, big time, and to the point where it's almost ridiculous, but I felt if, like, she was the only female character, it would have been a problem, but Cypher is just, like, so kick-ass, and, like, without giving too much away, she basically is the reason that Trevor and Alucard even have a chance. Like, she kicks so much butt, Mm -hmm. which was great, because I felt in the first season, you didn't get to see her fighting that much, and she's actually, like, an amazing fighter. So, yeah, I I like the female characters in this series. Because Cypher was in it, I ended up really liking Carmilla more, because I like when, I don't like when there's a series and like all the female characters are like the same person and -hmm. in this they did a really good job of having like a diversity of interesting female characters so from that angle it's pretty good too yeah i think also i i meant to mention this the first time we talked about on og but i always appreciate about trevor belmont yes misandry but i don't know how to say it (laughs) i know what it is Sorry, we're being shown yeah, on a phone what the word, right? <laughs> what was the name about Trevor? Oh, yeah, Trevor Belmont. Like, he's that character. Oh, wait, just put the word for it. Oh, great, I'll look up another word. No, he's a, you know, he's a character he drinks. He's like, he kind of, he doesn't appear very heroic at first. Right. I, but I thought maybe what they don't explore, and I could see that very easily be with this char- type of character, is that he's not a um, a playboy, you know? He's not always trying to get with the ladies. He, like, no, he's, no. he doesn't really do that at all. I, I mean, maybe with Cypher later on, but. No, you can see how awkward he is around, yeah. like, people with boobs. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, he's a last member of his family that was taken out, so he's not very great at people in general. <laughs> he's sort of hard to get along with at first, I would say, when you first meet the guy. Yeah, and in the first few episodes, they kind of show, like, that he has been basically a nomad without a family since he was 12. <laughs> so, like, he's very undereducated, doesn't know how to read. I don't even know how he learned to fight, really. I guess he taught it to himself. So. And Alucard, I, I, they don't show, I have not seen much of what Alucard even does, so I haven't really. I don't have an opinion on him yet. Because, <laughs> like I said, he appears at the very very end of the first season and i haven't seen much of him in the first half of the second season yeah I he's mean, very brooding i'll say that you know drawing pictures in the dirt and going like and now i must kill my father i hated that scene the wishes of my mother why is he even doing that actually like why is he drawing the pictures of his mother and father in the dirt <laughs> that's what i was saying they're nice pictures though i'll give him that but i was impressed he's an artist like, an is he an artist <laughs> that's his thing i mean i don't know i didn't love that scene i felt like that was a little bit like too dramatic even for him yeah <laughs> but and just sort of like a way of for people who forgot the first season let's recap stuff 
I love, I like those characters, Alucard and Trevor. I think they're great characters. Cypher's a great character. They don't really get as much character development as I would have liked this season. Um, I would have liked to see a little more development and interesting stuff in the relationship between the three of them. Do they leave it open for a third, I mean, they obviously renewed it for a third season, but does the story leave it open for a third season? Like, are they going to still be around without spoiling anything, I guess? Or Yeah. Okay, okay. I didn't know if like, they are going to be like, now we're going to jump into the future where Castlevania 4 took place or something like that. But, I uh, mean, the way the, the season ends, I think, really does do a good job setting up stuff for another season. Mm-hmm. Almost to, like, it felt like that second season bridge type thing that you see a lot where, like, a lot of times the second season of things just feels like it's setting up. Mm-hmm. the third season rather than being its own complete thing especially in trilogies and i felt like this one was a bit of an egregious example of that yeah i guess with the first season they had to prove and satisfy people to prove that this is worth keep to keep making so the yeah. first season felt very complete like a complete arc right like it could have ended there but now they know this is very popular and it already got greenlit like i know that they probably felt they could leave a lot of threads dangling for the next season because no, i never thought this was gonna be a success as it was that's for sure when i first heard about it if i had been the writer which I'm not. I would have... You're not Warren Ellis? I thought you were. I, I know. <laughs> but I just felt like it, like the character development was a little bit out of order. Like, I would have more developed the main three and then gone on to develop the generals and the army and stuff, which, I don't know, the way things happen in the plot, maybe that just wouldn't work. But I just kind of felt like the focus wasn't really where I wanted it to be. But that might have just been a personal thing, because like I said, people love this series, and they love the focus, and they love Hector and Isaac and the those Forge Masters. The story's so good. I I mean, I have some complaints, but you should watch it. People should watch it. I think it does well. I mean, I don't know enough about Castlevania to know if it does well by the series, but based off the quality, I don't think you could ask for much more, all things considered. <laughs> so, yes, watch Castlevania. It's good. Yep. You can check it out on Netflix and go to OG Link 249U. That's you to go to Netflix and watch Castlevania. <laughs> if you have Netflix, I wouldn't like subscribe just for the show. Well, yeah. I mean, there's lots of other shows. You, yeah, you, can... you watch the anime about the lady ladies pressing on stomachs to fly dragons. <laughs> sure. Those are the two shows on Netflix. Everyone I knows. know. Nothing but else. Both known ones. I think there might be a cooking show, too, but I haven't yeah. confirmed. There's one about Hello Kitty. The, the yeah. Hello Kitty. Okay. So anyway, I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's the end of the show. We're ending it now. Bye-bye. Bye.